Every day you wake up to something new Whether that be a challenge or a new opportunity And let me tell you, that's a great thing Now you gon' have some battles You'll get your wins and you'll have your losses But no matter the outcome, there's always light at the end of the tunnel Alright, let's go Grinding every day cause I gotta get it Waking from my dream cause I'm trying to live it Make my own lane, don't care if I fit in If I want something I do it, no I'm never quitting now Honor my path, reaching my goals no matter how Bring on the wrath, promise ain't nothing gon' knock me down Tell me can you feel the vibe yet? This the encouraged mindset Welcome to another episode of Encourage Mindset. I'm your host, Ethan Vandehyde. This is a special episode today because how I met this person actually happened through college. They were a guest speaker in one of our classes in communications and just an amazing man, very talented in marketing and somebody I look up to. Welcome, Dennis You. I'm just a search engine engineer and I was <laughs> one of the early guys at Yahoo and I learned about search engines and digital marketing and social media. And I love seeing people like Ethan learning it too. My whole mission is to create a million jobs and we're a quarter of the way there, largely because of our relationships in Pakistan, the Philippines and other folks. And I'd love nothing more than to revolutionize the education system and help folks like you and me build our personal brands. Absolutely. And sometimes when you build the personal brand, you're going to go through ups and downs. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your life journey and what you've kind of experienced? Well, I didn't learn English until I was six. And I spoke only Chinese up until then, because my parents who immigrated from China, they thought correctly that if they taught me English, I'd have a broken accent. <laughs> they spoke to me in Chinese. And the way I learned English was at school. And you can imagine how mean little kids are. And they would say, Dennis, if you really like somebody, then you call them this. And I got sent to the principal's office so many times because I just didn't know. Imagine, Ethan, how do you know who to trust yeah. when people are, because, you know, little kids, they'll just say like, whatever, because it's funny because, you know, they'll trick Dennis into saying, you know, this one thing, which means something else, right? Have you ever been to like another country and, you know, they, they tell you to say this one thing, but that's not actually what that word means. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 That's happened a couple of times on some vacations. Hey, say this. And you're like, OK, you say it and everyone yeah. looks at you funny. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's happened. And even sure. if you don't know the language, you know, maybe people sitting next to you, they're they're speaking in a certain way and, you know, they're saying something bad about you, even though it's in some <laughs> other language. Right. Or whatever it might be. So I was kind of distrustful of other people because I'd been burned and bullied so many times. And I know this is like ridiculous, but at recess, kids would pick teams, right? To play basketball or dodgeball oh, yeah. or baseball. And I would never get picked. You'd have these two team captains and then they would pick between the different groups. And then at the end, it'd be like a couple people left. And I was always in the group of people left that never got picked. And I was already an introvert, but this made me even more of an introvert because I didn't want to speak English because it's like walking through you know, a minefield. You don't know when you're going to say something wrong or be made fun of. And I was also chubby as a little kid and I didn't speak much English and I had dorky clothes. All the other kids were wearing the nice clothes or they had the Air Jordans or whatnot. And I had clothes from 
Kmart. And I had those Zips <laughs> shoes, if you remember, the ones where like oh, the Velcro, yeah. you ever seen those? Oh, like, yeah. Wear yeah. Them. So that's what I wore. And I, I had clothes that were clearly not cool at all because they were cheap. You know, my parents didn't really care about fashion or, you know, they thought all that stuff was a waste of money. And you know how expensive these shoes can be, right? Oh, for sure. You know, $400 Yeezys or whatever, right? But I didn't have anything cool. So I I felt like I had nothing of value to, like, why would any kid want to hang out with me? I wasn't cool. I wasn't an athlete. I wasn't clever. I didn't speak much English. I was made fun of. I think a couple people tried to be kind of nice to me because they had pity for me. But, you know, I was a loser. And mm -hmm. I ate all my meals by myself. And so I just decided, you know what? Screw all these people. I'm just going to learn. And it's not like I hated these people. I was just, I was already an introvert anyway. So mm -hmm. I decided to get really good at school. And I read tons and tons of books. And I've read 4,500 books since then. And I would spend night and day at the library, even on the weekends. Can you imagine Ethan in the morning? going to the library at like nine o'clock when it opens and just sitting there all day and reading books for years, summer vacations, right? I go read books. Hey, it's paid off. It's paid yeah. off for you. So you can't, you <laughs> I remember that. like fourth grade, fifth grade, you know, school would get out at like two 30 and where would I go to the library, to the main library in my city. And I'd read books and I've just, and this is, I know it's like weird, but because I didn't have any friends, I'd read like autobiographies like, you know, Lee Iacocca, who is the chairman of Chrysler Corporation. He wrote a book called Iacocca, and I felt like I was having a conversation with him. Or Ray Kroc, who founded McDonald's, or he like took the McDonald's name and made it powerful. I read his autobiography called Grinding It Out. And as he was explaining when he grew McDonald's from like four locations to zillions of locations, I felt like I was having a conversation with him. Like, you know, hey, Ray, what was it that made you think that hamburgers was better than fried chicken or pizza? And I would yeah, just pretend like he was answering these questions. So I wasn't a total loser. I mean, maybe other people thought I was a loser, but I thought I was kind of cool because I was having these fictitious conversations with people who were famous in history. Like I'd read the Bible and mm -hmm. I, you know, have conversations with Jesus like, oh, if, you know. What would Jesus say in this situation? And so that was my life, was doing that for the first 30 years of my life. Yeah, and, uh, it's awesome. It's a great story. Yeah. Do you think the way that you were raised and the way you grew up and the way you had to kind of battle some adversities has really shaped you into who you are today? Oh, absolutely. I, I think I made lemonade out of lemons. For example, when I was being bullied, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, like beat up these kids and grow muscles and like, you know, show yeah. them. But I said, okay, I'm being made fun of because I don't speak English. I'm going to read a ton and I'm going to get so good at English that I'm going to represent the state of California at the national spelling bee in Washington, DC in 1988, which wow. is what happened because I was reading and reading. So I'm, you know, I learned how to spell because I was reading. That's how you learn to be a good speller is by reading a lot, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you become a good writer by reading too, for the same reason, input and output are the same thing. And I was good at math because I'm Asian and most Asians are good at math. <laughs> they study math, you know, they play the violin, that kind of thing. I didn't play the violin, but I did play the piano for a little bit. And so I was number five in the nation in math counts. And I traveled around and I did math competitions, right? And people would say, well, what do you do when you're a, a mathlete? That's what I was called. Yeah. What what do you do when you have a math party? Because we we do math competitions and then 
we get together and we have a math party. What do you think we do at a math party? I guess you just solve tougher equations together. As a That's group. right. We do more math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's exactly what happened. So I enjoyed that and I enjoyed winning. Right. I enjoyed, yeah. I, I have a cabinet at my mom's house that's full of trophies from spelling bee and other academic sorts of things. Cause you know, if you ever had it, like someone says you suck at something and then mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I'm going to like work extra hard or like, you know, maybe you play golf for the first time. Like the first time I played golf, it was horrible. It was so embarrassing. Right. I just wanted to leave cause everyone would see like my shot was terrible. The more pressure there was like the worse, mm -hmm. like I would perform. So then I took a ton of golf lessons. And I'd read about golf. I practiced. I went to the driving range until my hands were bleeding to learn how to play golf until I got pretty good at golf. So for me, adversity is kind of like a wake up call. It's a lesson like, hey, you, yeah, it hurts. It sucks to be, you know, it's embarrassing when you suck at something, but <laughs> yeah, go, go get some lessons, go learn from someone who's good at that thing. Absolutely. You talked about how you read a ton of books. You've always been a, you know, an active learner. So what's a book that sticks out to you? There's so many, but I'd say <laughs> Principles by Ray Dalio. Have you heard of Ray Dalio? No, I haven't, but you can enlighten He's probably me. like the third richest man in the world. Not like that's the main thing about him, but mm -hmm. he founded Bridgewater Investments, which I think as of today is still the world's largest hedge fund. Hedge funds are when they okay. manage other people's yeah. money and they buy other. It's way bigger than VC. This book, Principles, is on how you make decisions and how do you improve yourself when you run into problems. And he has this main diagram that shows this like squiggly line that keeps like squiggling up and squiggling. It goes up and down. It squiggles up. And it talks about the cycle of how you try something. And you learn from it and you fix those mistakes, which is painful, but to face the mistakes and then you try again and, and you keep improving that way. And principles, it's not just for people that want to go into banking. In fact, he talks very little about that, about banking, but about like, Ethan, how do you, if you were to objectively look at yourself, like imagine you're the patient on the operating table and mm -hmm. you were to hover 10 feet above and look at Ethan Van and everything that Ethan Van does is like a machine right? As like a system, what parts objectively would you optimize? What kinds of things are maybe not the way you would like them to be that you'd like to improve? And when you start to analyze objectively, then you can start to face things that are ugly, but start to improve them. And most people think that they make great decisions. Most people think that they're smart. Most people think all of this, but they're clouded because of their own biases, because mm. of their ego because of emotion, because they just really want to believe this one thing that's not true. Wow. It's How powerful. do you overcome these blind spots? By definition, it's a blind spot because you don't, you don't know about it, right? Mm -hmm. And I found yes. that super powerful. It makes yeah, you a no, better listener, a better thinker. It makes you realize how blind all of us actually are. So what's some things that you're blind on? I'm going to call you out. <laughs> I'm blind on assuming other people know everything that I know. And I've been called out on this where I'll say like literally just an hour ago, I was on a podcast with my buddy who's got multiple seven-figure agencies. If you do a search for his name, Brady Sticker, you'll see Tom Brady Stickers pop up, but his name is Brady Sticker. <laughs> he started an, his new agency, Church Candy, is serving churches, running Facebook and Instagram ads to get people to come. And mm -hmm. he told me, and 
you know, it hurt a little bit. I mean, criticism hurts. He said, yeah, Dennis, you have so much knowledge and all this, but it's so jumbled all over the place. And, you know, you use all these acronyms and people don't understand what you're talking about. And for me, the old Dennis would say, well, this stuff is so obvious. I mean, if you've (laughs) ever done any kind of SEO or website building, well, obviously, if you look at this and this, and I was going through all these stats on his website and all these stats on Church Candy, which is his agency. And I said, well, obviously, if you can see, you know, the links here and there and this content and this thing's wrong and that. And I was just going through it. And anyone who is a pro that does this for a living would say like, yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's true. But I was thinking everyone else, like, obviously understands all these things because I've done it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And I catch myself doing that from time to time where we teach people, we train people in digital and things that seem obvious to us are not obvious to other people. And maybe you have the same thing too. There's certain things that you know how to do. You've done it so much, it seems obvious to you. Sometimes, like you said, there's stuff that you're very good at in your professional world and space that, you know, the regular finance people or HR, whoever, whatever industry it might be, just don't get that yet. So yeah, got to dumb it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't mean they're dumb. They just don't know about the thing that we do. Because they're smart in the thing that they do, right? Absolutely. So getting into a little deeper here, how do you kind of motivate yourself after, you know, maybe something's been struggling for a while and you've been failing over and over on it? What do you kind of do to like, you know, bounce back and motivate yourself? There's many ways to do it. But for me, having a failure is kind of the motivator. That might not be the healthiest way to do things, but I was at the trampoline park a couple months ago. And I tried to dunk. I couldn't even touch the rim. And it's it's a 10-foot rim, but it's a trampoline. So it's actually really easy. The whole court, full court is a trampoline. And it was just kind of embarrassing. And so the last few weeks I've been practicing. I've lost 43 pounds in the last six or so months. And, you know, now I can dunk pretty easily. For me, it's not true for everybody, but for me, like having an embarrassing moment has, if I look back on my life, has usually been the motivator that's gotten me to do something. Of course, that's not necessarily the healthiest way to do things, but for me, something that I, I fail at that then causes me like, you know, I want to, I'm going to just put in the extra effort and then yeah. try to like more than overcome the failure. Right. Yeah. No, talk about your weight journey for a little bit if you want to. Like, how did you stay disciplined? How did you stay determined on it? Because a lot of people try it for a couple of days or weeks yeah. and they give up. So, yeah. And they fail their to? New Year's resolution like everybody. Right. Yeah. And for me, I don't think I have more discipline than anybody. I don't believe in that. Now, some people do. Some people wake up every morning at five o'clock and they, they're like a robot and they're perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I admire that, but that's just not me. But me, I find two things. If I analyze my life scientifically, I find two things. I look, because I do this all the time, you know, now I'm almost 50, so I can look back. I have data to look at, right? Yeah. I find two things have been true when I've been able to succeed at something and continue to succeed. One is the environment that I'm in. So I used to just work in my kitchen, which is full of food. So I had easy access to food all the time. So gee, I wonder if I'm like working in the kitchen and doing podcasts in the kitchen because you can work from home if you're a digital marketer and there's Mm -hmm. constantly food because, you know, I'd go to like Costco every week and just buy, like my mom's not there. I can buy anything I want, right? (laughs) And 
you can imagine like what's in my kitchen. It's everything I want. Like the, what would the 10 year old dentist want? It's here, right? It's like a way of me like validating. Yeah, I have all the Cheetos I can possibly, the gigantic thing of Cheetos, you know? But I realized, you know what? Changing the environment is key. So working in the studio here, instead of working, you know, I have to go up the stairs to get to the podcast studio, which I guess I burn a couple calories, but not, you know, <laughs> yeah. being in the right environment where I'm not constantly looking at food all the time is like a simple, obvious thing. Like, oh, you don't get fat because you don't have food around you all the time. Right. And then the second piece is being around other people that are the way I want to be. So if I'm around a bunch of other athletes, I'll become an athlete. I'm around a bunch of other successful seven-figure digital marketing agencies. I'm going to be a successful seven-figure or eight-figure digital marketing agency, right? If I'm around a bunch of people who have a certain habit, I'm probably going to acquire that habit. Since you're big into data, what's kind of like your favorite thing to track progress on? This one here, if you can see, is a Whoop 4.0. Every day, well, many times per day, it tells me what's going on. Like you can't lie with the data. So if we look inside this app, you can yeah. see I had a green recovery, right? That green, mm -hmm. and you can see I had seven and a half hours of sleep. And if I break down the sleep, you can see that I had three hours and 46 minutes of quality sleep and seven hours and 41 minutes of, of like sleep, sleep. And you know, there's four stages of sleep, right? So this yeah. is what we're like the dentist who knows the data. I might like talk over your head without giving you the proper context. But there's a wake. There's light, there's SWS, which is deep sleep, body sleep. And that last one there is REM sleep. Can you, can you see that? So I just clicked on REM yeah. or yeah, I can click purple, on right? deep sleep. I clicked on deep sleep or here I'll click on REM so you can see. But do you see how there's it, it goes in these different cycles? So, you know, with, with sleep, the average sleep cycle is like 60 minutes, 90 minutes. So in eight hours, I might go through six or seven cycles where I go cycle from being awake to light sleep to REM sleep to deep sleep and then cycle up and down, right? Mm -hmm. So this, this is normal and natural. So you can see, I, like last night, I had two hours and 31 minutes of REM sleep. That's awesome. Just fantastic. So because of that, my HRV was decent. So you can see I had a 64 HRV last yeah. night, but I've been in the 70s. So in the last week, or so I've been in the seventies, but if you go wow. back six months ago, I was averaging like 40 something. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this is Dennis is the data guy. Like I, can, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with affirmations and saying that, you know, I'm a valuable person just as I am and all that, but I need to look at the data. Like my blood pressure was like 145 over 90, which is horrible. And then I got it down to normal. I'm like 125 over 90 now, which is great, right? That's awesome. So I'm a data kind of guy. So imagine this, Ethan. Imagine, imagine you didn't have, look at all these stats. Like I've burned 700 calories today just by being alive, right? There you, you go. You can see all these stats here, right? My resting heart rate is 58. Yeah. But imagine, what would, how would your life be different, Ethan, if you didn't have this measurement occurring. And you just woke up feeling like, well, yeah. I guess I feel like, okay, but you don't really know what are the factors. Like if you have a drink, like just one beer, that can ruin your HRV because then you can't, your body can't get into deep sleep and you could still have eight hours of sleep, but your body's, because it's processing the alcohol, it can't get into deep sleep. You mm -hmm. could have eight hours of sleep, but only like an hour of quality sleep. 
right? So just because I used to think like, oh, well, just as long as I get eight hours of sleep, but no, no, it's that the quality sleep is actually what matters. How much deep sleep and REM sleep do you get, right? If you didn't have the data, how are you going to optimize? They got to, they got to start telling these, these mattress companies to start marketing that you should sleep. Buy it because you can actually test and see your, if your sleep stats are improving, if you can get an extra hour of quality sleep, same amount of time in bed, cause we're all busy, an extra hour of quality sleep. If you go from two hours of quality sleep to three hours of quality sleep per night, is that worth an extra thousand dollars for a fancy mattress? Oh, for sure. For sure. If you can I prove it, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with, I mean, for example, my, one of the guys that I had come on this podcast, he created the product called Frost Buddy, where it fits in, you know, your slim cans, your bottled cans and all, yeah. all of it. So it's like he literally recreated the Yeti, but rather than buying 10 different Yeti types, it's all in one. So, of course, people are going to take quality over yeah. quantity, I think, all day. Following up on your watch. um, so what else can that thing do? Because I have the Apple Watch here, but... The Apple Watch is great, but the Apple Watch doesn't tell you all those other biometric kinds of things. I was going to say, yours looks yeah. insane. Like I, I have Apple Health and I have these other things too as well, but there, there's basically two devices right now that dominate. There's Whoop and there's Aura. So the Whoop is a watch and the Aura is a ring. And a lot of people who have the Apple Watch will get the Aura ring because you don't want to wear two watches. That looks dorky. But I think the Whoop is slightly more accurate because the sensor is bigger and it captures slightly better data. They're both very accurate. But Apple bought another company that actually does all these things a few years ago. And they spent some crazy amount of money, like a billion and a half dollars, which is nothing for Apple. Apple, as you know, is slow intentionally to release things because they wait until it's perfect. So some of my friends at Apple tell me that next year's Apple Watch is going to have all those things, which they call basically like an MRI on your wrist or whatever. Like it's, there's so many things I can tell you whether your, you know, blood glucose level is low, like just all these crazy things, but they haven't perfected it. So they haven't released it. But when Apple finally releases it, you know, it's going to be amazing. And then I'm going to get rid of this once Apple, but, (laughs) but Apple doesn't have it yet. Right. So we have to wait. Is that something you have to charge too, though? Because, I mean, usually yeah. I charge this at night. So yeah. you, where do you charge yours then? Well, they have a little charging thing, and you 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 put it on your wrist while you're wearing it. That way you don't have to take the watch off. It's an extra battery wow. pack. Yeah, wow. they get you on the accessories. It's like another $50 for each one. If you lose it, you have to buy another one. And, you know, yeah. That. Yeah, that's great. What is something that you do that, you know, makes – you stand out and makes you you what is something that you know you really love about yourself i love dunking at the trampoline park that's been my latest <laughs> thing <laughs> and i just learned how to do an east bay which is an under the leg dunk i did it i can I mean, do the that, 360s cool i can do dunk. off the backboard i can do all all kinds of crazy dunks yeah no that's that's sweet that's it seems to me like you're living in the moment and yeah. you're trying to the fun so yeah I, I freaking even have my vip bracelet on from sky zone other people are saying you know you should get a sponsorship from sky zone because you go there so often yeah maybe you can do some marketing for them yeah I, I know the guy who does most of their marketing he's also gone through my training it's been six or seven years yeah wow. his name is ben and he started as a sky zone employee 
And then he became the guy. And so the top sky zones are all using him for their marketing. And they're running Facebook ads and all that stuff, just like what we teach. Hey, I do your dollar a day strategy for this podcast. I do it on Facebook and Twitter. So I've been utilizing that for a couple of years now. So it's been going well. Appreciate you. I mean, shared it in the class and that's what what got me hooked on it. So it was awesome. We can kind of end with this question then. If you could offer any piece of advice, what would it be? Two parts. Find someone who has done the thing that you want to achieve and do everything you can to get them as a mentor. A lot of people want to give you advice. Your mom and dad love you. They'd love to give you advice. But if it's on you know, how to build a SaaS company, my mom and dad don't know how to do that. They've never done that. They love me to death and I love them too. But credible advice comes only from people who have done the thing that you want to do. But that pre-assumes the second part. You have to choose exactly, specifically what goal you want to do. So I'd ask you, what exactly do you want to do, Ethan? Not just like, oh, I want to be a happy entrepreneur and make you know 100000 a year. or what? No, you have to be like super, super specific about exactly how you make money or exactly you, know, you, want, you want to lose weight or play the guitar, like whatever goal, run your first marathon, whatever exactly, very specifically, could be multiple goals. Those particular things that you would like to do, find other people who have done the thing. And you'd be surprised at how likely they will give you advice. Like, I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to run for Nike, right? I was pretty fast when I was a young adult. When I was 14, I broke three hours in the marathon. And not many 14-year-olds would even run in marathons. I got to spend time with Steve Scott, who was the American record holder in the mile, right? And he encouraged me. I mean, I, back then I think I ran like a 4.51 mile and this guy ran like 3.40 something for the mile. With Steve Scott, you know, he's giving me advice. He's credible. Olympics, fastest person in America ever. With the, I mean, since then people have gotten faster than him, but the yeah. guy's credible, right? And, and so many people will want to give you advice. Talk to someone who has done the thing and do exactly what they do. When they look at your situation, they will give you insight on your blind spots and things that you don't realize that you don't know. There's a lot of stuff, Ethan, you and I, we know that we don't know. But the things that we don't know that we don't know are the most dangerous ones. And those are the ones that hurt you. So someone who's credible, who has achieved the thing that you want to achieve, can tell you what those things are that you're missing. One thing that I've been really trying to live by is what we call hot, honest, open, transparent. And it's uh, awesome to hear you share stuff like this and open up and get to know you on a deeper level. Thank you for doing all of this today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you, Ethan. Awesome. Well, Dollar a day on this one too. Day until your dreams coming true, yeah. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true, yeah. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Wanna make it happen? Well, it all starts with you. Start with flipping the mentality, making visions reality. Screw all the practicality, wasn't meant for normality. Time to unlike the beast, so bring out all of your savagery. All in every day, how it has to be.